Hi, I'm Alex Underwood. I'm the Managing Director of Empire Energy, ASX-listed company uh, and one of the most active developers in the emerging Beedaloo Basin in Australia's Northern Territory. Oh, that's good to see you. We saw you back in uh, January. Um, we thought we'd sort of um, dive in and sort of catch up and see how you've been getting on. Now, if I'm looking at share price, it seems the market's not appreciating whatever you're doing. So what are you doing? Yeah, so I must admit there's uh, plenty of companies in my portfolio that have been bashed up this year, so we're not alone. Um, but th- but this year we've we've had a very active year of, of flow testing in the field. So we've drilled some major... Uh, fracture-stimulated horizontal wells over the last 12 months or so, and we've had some really encouraging flow rates from those wells. Um, we've also booked a very, very large resource upgrade in the last few months. So we now have 1.7 trillion cubic feet of independently assessed uh, discovered resource. Uh, and now our company's very strong focus is on uh, moving into pilot production. So doing all the work involved in uh, getting to a final investment decision on that project this year so that we can be building next year and into production shortly thereafter. Okay, so well, let's look at those three things. So, okay, so you talked about, you know, obviously getting flow rates going and proving that you can re- repeat those things. You um, have kind of in- increase the uh, resource and you're moving into pilot phase. Let's remind people to what end, okay? What, what, what's the end game for you here? You know, what's going to make this company valuable um, to the market and the potential uh, acquisitors? Yeah, sure. So, you know, as is the case with many smaller oil and gas companies, we see our key role as de-risking this very, very large resource that we sit on, a, t- a total prospective resource, mind you, of over 40 trillion cubic feet of gas. So, you know, theoretically enough to fill many, many LNG trains. And and that's sort of the risk pocket that we sit in. So we're looking to de-risk this very large resource and, and consistent with the experience of many other unconventional oil and gas companies, both here in Australia and in the US, we foresee that that creates very, very substantial value creation uh, potential, and that's really what our focus is as a company. Right. Okay. So you're you're trying to demonstrate um, to potentially the JV partner, strategic partner, acquisitor that you've you've kind of got the scale. I, I imagine that's what you're trying to do because it's it's a very big basin, um, and it's like for a company your size in terms of balance sheet requirements, that's that's you know going to be quite a stretch. So you, you, we talked last time out about maybe bringing in one of the above um, sooner rather than later. So how what are you going to need to have in place to be able to bring that that group in and what's your timing or what are you aiming for yeah so i guess the the current focus is on moving into pilot production that involves drilling about five or so development wells uh with a view to being in production and cash flow from those wells in the next sort of 18 months or so um what what success on that pilot project achieves is not only cash flow generation and therefore a sustainability of our balance sheet, but also our our view is that as we move forward over the next couple of years and get to a position where these assets are more matured, um, that, that likely brings in the opportunity for major international oil and gas companies to come into our asset, potentially as joint venture partners. And um, amongst the world's major oil and gas companies, there is a very very encouragingly high degree of knowledge about this basin. Um, But what they really need to see to make those major investments, which is likely to be in the billions of dollars rather than tens of millions of dollars, uh, is they want to see 
you know, they, I think everyone understands that there's a lot of gas under the ground in these areas. They want to see that it can be commercially extracted. And so what this pilot project achieves is not just short-term flow tests like we've done today to, you know, 90 days or so here and there, but rather longer-term flow data and also the repeatability of results. And that's really what our focus is, is proving these things to potential future partners, which we see can create significant value for our shareholders. Okay, and obviously you're going to need to prove something to whoever is coming in with these, this billion-dollar balance sheet as well, which is we, we talked about scale um, just now, but also got, we should talk about markets because obviously the Aussie market's been well, quite interesting, let's say, for the last two, three, three years. And you've got a couple, a couple of kind of revenue lines, um, re- potential revenue lines going on with the LNG and obviously into you know the the uh, east east coast as well. So, what what are those variables again that your other variables that you're going to need to be able to demonstrate to them in an environment and a backdrop where a kind of gas prices are okay, but they've been a little bit erratic, you know, since the you know Russia Ukraine situation, this whole energy transition um, that's been going on globally. So, what do you what are you focused on trying to prove? to any new um, strategic partner? Essentially, what we need to demonstrate to a large uh, potential commercial partner is is really demonstration that gas can be economically extracted from these rocks in a repeatable manner. Ultimately, the types of joint venture partners that we foresee coming into this project uh, are likely to be the types of companies that, for example, have existing LNG terminals in either Darwin or or Gladstone on Australia's east coast. And and these are multi-billion dollar investments that they've made. And once you've made that investment and the first field that you've developed depletes, it becomes quite economically attractive for them to then come in and invest in the next project. Um, And so we see ample market opportunity for LNG export in, in the sort of more medium term. In the short term, the the market opportunity for our gas, which is on a much smaller scale, we're talking 25 million cubic feet a day through the existing pipeline that traverses our tenement, and then a couple of hundred million cubic feet a day into the East Coast as new pipelines are built. The the market story is very strong. So um, Australia has been beset on its East Coast by significant shortages uh, the Australian Competition Regulator and the Australian Energy Market Operator have been forecasting that we may not even have enough gas in coming winters uh, as existing sources of supply decline. Um, in terms of our first phase, we are very really our market is local Northern Territory markets and extending through to Mount Isa in Queensland, which is a major mining hub, and. That market has become incredibly tight over the last six or 12 months, really driven in large part by um, the the decline of existing sources of supply through the black tip gas field and the Marini gas field. And so really, it's a good time to be marketing gas, I must say. We are getting very strong interest for gas from this pilot project. um, And we see that as a, a big driver of near-term value for our company is signing up with a, a credible uh, customer for our gas and, and then moving into that pilot development on the back of that 
agreement. Okay, well, let, let, let's talk about let's talk about um, repeatable. You know, the word you use there. Um, there's repeatable good and there's repeatable not so good. So you're obviously looking for um, long, longer flow rates and sort of a, 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 um, with the with the whole the decline rate, you kind of want that obviously to that be be pushed out because obviously it means it's more, more gas flowing for longer. What what are you what are you seeing at the moment? What are you doing to try and Im- improve the, the the kind of decline rate um, profile? Yeah, sure. So we, we've only drilled two fracture stimulated horizontals ourselves as a company, and across the entire basin, I think there have been about seven fracture stimulated horizontal wells. Um, in any shale gas basin, there tend to be sweet spots and other areas that are okay but not so good. Um, we have been very, very encouraged by the results we've achieved to date. Our first fracture-stimulated horizontal well, Carpenteria 2H, that was about 925 metres of horizontal section. We did 21 frac stages. That was the biggest frac job in Australian history at the time, a record we've since surpassed with our next well. Um, and that was a highly experimental design. We trialled lots of different types of frac fluids, different perforation designs, different cluster designs. And despite that, um, we've seen some very encouraging results. We've done two sets of flow testing now over a total of 127 days. And and those flow rates have exceeded benchmarks that others, including equity analysts and other industry participants, have said is the benchmark for commercial success in this basin. And we've done all of that with, with... significantly lower costs than our peers because being shallower in the basin, it means that those drilling costs tend to be relatively reduced. Um, As I mentioned, we then went and drilled and fracture stimulated a second horizontal well, Carpentaria 3H. That had two kilometres of horizontal section and 40 frac stages. And we've started that process of optimising the frac design. So learning from the first well and picking the best elements of that design. Uh, and we've had, again, some very encouraging flow rates from that well. We'll be reopening that well very soon, likely in the next week or two for further testing. Um, and essentially, the learned experience of the US shale basins, and lots of them have been commercialised in the US, is that because you have this very consistent geology across large areas, what you can do is gradually tweak your design to look to improve productivity over time. So from a starting point, we're in a very good position. And and the beauty of this pilot project moving forward is that we'll be able to take what we've learned and then apply it to another five or so horizontal wells, bring them onto production and look to demonstrate not only repeatability of results, but also in the success case, Improvements in productivity over time. Right. Okay. So last time we spoke, you, I think you're in a lucky position that you had a, a, a decent cash balance. So, in, in a, in a, and please take this in, in the way it's intended, in a very meaningful way. You, you're not too worried about what the share price is doing right now. You've just got to get on with the business of of, of dry, driving the programs that you've got in place to, to you know benefit later when the market comes back. Right. So with with that cash balance, I'm kind of in, intrigued about. I want to be really clear about what you mean by pilot project you know what precisely are you spending your money on for how long and to and to what end if i have a look at the rest of this year what does it deliver at the end of the year for us certainly so when we refer to this pilot project for many other small companies getting to 25 million cubic feet a day may be the top of the mountain 
Um, however, we have such an enormous resource that for us, that is really just a first little step along the way to what can be potentially billions and billions of dollars of value. And that that's why we're doing this as a company. Um, so the pilot project, we're talking about up to 25 million cubic feet a day of gas being produced into the pipeline that traverses straight through our tenement. Um, you may remember for our last uh, interview that that pipeline goes out to the MacArthur River zinc mine. Uh, but once we fill that demand, we can then send gas in the other direction and send it to other Northern Territory markets and through to Queensland. Um, that will involve uh, initially drilling about five or so fracture-stimulated horizontal development wells and also the construction of surface facilities, so flow lines, compressors and all the rest of it. And essentially, the work we're going through this year is assessing the economic viability of that pilot project. And you know, we've built a financial model and the numbers are looking pretty good. Um, signing up a gas sales agreement with a customer for that gas. And as I mentioned, with current market dynamics, there's obviously lots of demand at good prices for our gas. Um, pulling together the field development plan, getting all of the regulatory approvals, critically getting the support of the traditional owners on whose land we operate, uh, and then taking that package to our board for a final investment decision, ideally by the end of this year, and then looking to be in production, uh, sorry, construction phase next year and production thereafter. Um, in terms of our capital resources, um, we're very fortunate to have a board that, uh, from from the outset of my involvement in this company, has always looked to ensure that we can get through a rainy day and certainly been pouring in markets lately. So we've got about 23 million bucks cash in the bank. We'll soon be receiving a $15 million research and development tax refund. So we've got plenty of cash to get through this work to get to the FID. Now, clearly, there will be further capital required to actually build the project next year. Um, and I can't go into too much detail right now, other than to say that we are very focused on uh, creative ways of financing this project that will not just involve issuing lots and lots of shares. So um, we're looking at potential off-balance sheet solutions for the surface facilities, um, we also uh, may be able to draw down on a debt facility with Macquarie that I mentioned last time, so expanding that debt facility. Uh, and then any gap that remains from there, there, there are a couple of options open to us. So there are a couple of parties who are interested in potentially acquiring a small percentage of the project, uh, which would involve a capital injection, or, or in the alternate, you know, issuing more shares. Okay, so they... Alternative finance, I think most companies describe that as you can look at ways that non-dilutory solutions for you. Yeah, I remember that you took for the credit facility with Macquarie Bank last time around. But um, so in money terms, to be able to execute the plan that you've got um, sounds like we're kind of good. The pilot plant will need funding. You'll come back to us when you have, have selected a, a, a route um, that you want to go down there. Um, can I talk about the support in other ways? You talk about uh, 15 million 
Uh, was it was a was it not ta- not, not tax rebate? What did you call it? A tax? Uh, a research and development tax refund. So we're carrying refund. Out- okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so you got you got that coming in. What other kind of support are you doing? Because obviously you you you're going through the process of getting you know gas and sales transportation agreements um, in, in place. You've got to negotiate um, you know production agreements with traditional traditional owners, etc. So there's a lot of sort of admin happening here and a lot of work on focus on not just Delivering the pilot plant, but you know, financing how you to deliver that pilot plant, um, pilot plant, sorry, pilot project process. With regards to the kind of money um, going out and some of the other kind of you know long poles in the tent, as it were, what what are the kind of big the key things that you need to kind of get across the line, which could hold this project up if if you don't manage to do so? What's, what's keeping you awake at night, Alex? Well, um, you know. <laughs> When you run a small oil and gas exploration company, you've got to be pretty stoic because, uh, you know, we are right at the pointy end of the risk spectrum, and that's obviously where the returns come from. Um, but, you know, in terms of those key de-risking points I see this year, which are fundamentally also quite value accretive, I think the critical things are, uh, you know, execution of a gas sales agreement, which which shows that we have a bankable project and future revenues coming uh, and there's a process ongoing around that um, demonstration to our shareholders and financiers that this pilot project is going to be economic and as I mentioned we've built a model and you know once we sign a gas sales agreement we'll be able to share some more information with our shareholders in relation to uh, the economics of that pilot project and then they can make their own minds up about what multiplicative effect that may have across the broader acreage package. Um, the, the regulatory approvals are critical. It's it's likely that we will be the first company in the Beetaloo, uh to to seek those production approvals. And you know, I'm I'm very pleased that the Northern Territory government um, and indeed the Northern Territory opposition. So from a bilateral perspective that they are very, very supportive of the industry. The NT government has a goal of getting its GDP up to $40 billion a year by 2030, and they see gas as being absolutely critical to that, not only in terms of the royalties and jobs created directly by the industry, but its ability to uh, act as a springboard for further economic activity, like new mines being built and so on and so forth. Um, And then the other critical element to my mind is is the um, produ- production agreement we enter into with traditional owners. So working closely with them, going to their communities, uh, explaining to them what we're looking to do. Um, and in that regard, I'm, I'm highly confident that we will get to an agreement. We've got a long and successful track record of uh, respectful relationships with traditional owners, and, that, and that's an ongoing process through this year. So those are sort of the really key gates that I see that we need to get through over this year to, to really get us to that position of pilot project. Interesting. And so when, when do we kind of get to a point where the, the market can or potential strategic partners can understand the economics? Because what you're describing is um, sort of a declining supply in Oz with those two, two fields maybe starting to you know fall away a bit, you know, and you, maybe, you can maybe sort of step in and fill some of that gap. You know, because I think it was fam- famously, I think it was, was that Elon Musk talking about you know you, you want to move molecules as short a distance as possible? So, is is the is the any economic study that you're going to be doing going to focus on just a pure 
Oz market here, or do you imagine the LNG um, international sales of LNG is going to be a, a big part of what you're doing? How, how do you imagine this playing out? It, ultimately, I believe it will. I mean, any new basin development like this, really, the, the economics get better and better and better with scale, right? So the more wells you drill, the more the unit cost comes down, the more you get up those technical learning curves and and that all becomes cream, right? I mean, if you can drill a well for 15 million instead of 20 million, then you've just created $5 million of value right there. Um, however, and, and that is ultimately the the end game for us. However, I, I'm a firm believer that you've got to walk before you run. So we are really taking this one step at a time. We have clearly enunciated to our shareholders that we are taking this phased approach. And, and the biggest focus for us is now really on the economics of that pilot project. Um, a number of analysts have come up with you know, their own assumptions around gas price and production and costs. And you know, they come up with much higher valuations in our current share price. But um, really, you know, we, we are very focused on this phase one pilot development. And, and also, I think, you know, very early in my former investment banking career, one of the one of the key lessons my boss told me was under promise and over deliver. Um, and so we have been pretty coy about, you know, gas price assumptions and production assumptions and cost assumptions because we want to make sure they're really nailed down. Um, but it's not going to be too far away that we can start to share that news with our shareholders because, you know, we've got a good sense of what a baseline of production forecast should be. We've done some very detailed work around costing um, the last key piece of that puzzle is to plug in a gas sales contract and then we can really demonstrate to our shareholders this is the economics of the pilot and then they can make their own minds up about what future scale benefits might occur and what potential uh, acquirers or joint venture partners might want to do with the gas, i.e. LNG export. Okay, I mean, current shareholders are in, I don't know what price your average um, investor bought in at, but um, for, for people new to this um, project, I mean, why you versus, you know, other oil and gas plays out there, certainly with, with the Aussies, uh, onshore or offshore, why you? Well, I think if you look back to what happened in Queensland in the coal seam methane boom, there were some companies, and I've mentioned them in our last interview, Queensland Gas Company, uh, Arrow Energy, Sunshine Gas, uh, all of these companies for, for many, many years were like us, trading at 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 cents a share. Um, all of those companies were, were founded on a fundamental belief that, that we also have as a company that if, if you're sitting on an enormous resource and you can prove that it can become commercially extracted, you're not looking at making two, three, four times your money. It's literally 20, 30 times your money. And that's that's been clearly borne out by the Queensland coal seam methane boom. And, and that's really what we're looking to achieve uh, with shale gas in the Beedaloo Basin. Um, it, it, obviously, I personally share the pain that all of our shareholders have experienced in the last 12 months. I've put a significant amount of my my own money and my family's own money into this company. Um but I must say, from a fundamental perspective, we've, we've moved a long way along the de-risking path. Um, and, you know, we are in a fortunate position that we don't need to approach capital markets in these current very challenging market times. Um, and I think the 
the end goal is becoming clearer by the day with the results that we're generating.